and hello, my friends. I hope you're all doing well, and I do thank you for taking the time to join me today. This episode is going to be another story time episode, and I hope that you will enjoy it. It's quite the little adventure that my friends and I had, and I'll be telling you that story in just 60 seconds. AdamMail.com continues its Valentine's Day sale with a site-wide blowout of savings. And backed by popular demand is their collection of sex machines. Now, you don't know what a sex machine is? Well, you just have to try one. I'll put a link to that page below in the show notes. And remember, every day... You can get savings from AdamMail.com, 50% off almost any one item, and that includes free U.S. shipping right to your door. Just use the coupon code of AOGGS at checkout to get your savings. That's AOGGS at checkout. Happy Valentine's Day to all and An older gay guy show does receive a small compensation based on your purchases, and that enables me to upgrade equipment periodically to provide the best show possible for you. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado... Please settle down and enjoy my own Lord of the Flies. Well, I love this story and I hope you enjoy it. It is one of my favorite memories from high school and it was quite a little adventure here. So, to start out, picture it, 1974. I was a sophomore in high school, and I had been very fortunate in that my mother had given me her old car when she bought a new one. It was a 1966 Ford Galaxy convertible. It was pale yellow, and it had a black convertible top. It was my 16th birthday gift. Now, once my mother gave me the car... To be safe and make sure that I wasn't going to have the car fall apart on me as I was on the highway, her boyfriend that was living with us at the time, as his gift to me, he paid to have my car fully tuned up and basically whatever needed to be replaced was replaced. So by the time it was my 16th birthday, I was given the car in awesome shape. I loved that car. It is one of my most favorite vehicles I've had. I've had probably eight or nine vehicles in my life. This was definitely right up there. Now, as for how this little adventure started, I need to tell you that I was like the Pied Piper of my friends. I was the leader of my little group for some reason, and I think it was more that none of the others really wanted to step up and be dominant in our group. So I kind of got the leader role by default. 
And because I had this car when I was a sophomore in high school, I was the one who basically decided what my friends and I would do and where we would go. So this story I'm going to tell you was actually totally my fault. And I freely admit that. I put us in this situation. Most of the time, we would spend cruising around town at night. And I would often charge my friends like a dollar if we were just going to cruise around town or two dollars to put towards gas, depending on how far we were going to travel. One of the things that we love to do during the winter is we would ride around town with my convertible top down with the windows rolled up and the heat blasting. It was crazy, crazy fun as that cold wind whipped around us. Now, during the summer of 1974, I had the idea that my friends and I should go up to the highest point in my hometown. That was called Castle Rock. Castle Rock is a 288-foot solid granite rock that looked like the top of one of the mountains up in New Hampshire. It was a climb to get up to the top. And I had only been there once before with my brother John and his best friend Vinny. This rock was actually part of Breakheart Reservation, which I have shown in some of my videos on an older gay guy show YouTube channel. And I've talked about it a little bit. But this was an area that Paco and I had never been to in our hiking. And <laughs> after what happened to my group of friends and myself during this night, more than any other experience, this particular adventure showed me how I can step up and be very dominant when necessary. So as I parked my car with my group of friends in it, I had remembered that the way that I had gone up to the summit before was to go straight up the granite face of the huge series of boulders that made up the top of Castle Rock. And I had to convince my friends to hike up this little mountain. And again, this is why I freely admit that all of this was my fault. There was a full moon that night we went on our little adventure, and I had remembered how steep the face was. You almost had to crawl hand over hand to bring yourself up, looking for places to grab a hold of. It wasn't a beginner-level climb by any means, but to be quite honest, it wasn't that far above a beginner level, and that's why I felt fairly confident taking my friends up. There were four guys and three girls, including myself, as one of the guys, not one of the girls. And it ended up taking us about 30 minutes to reach the summit of Castle Rock. And the girls were actually very proud of themselves that they had been able to go up the rocks. Now, in hindsight, I was really stupid to take this chance because someone could have gotten seriously hurt, but fortunately, nothing like that happened. Once we were at the summit, we sat down and enjoyed the view, and we partied. We had brought some beer and vodka along with us. Back then, most of us drank, 
basically anything we could get our hands on since we were 15 and 16-year-olds. The drinking age in Massachusetts at the time was 18, but we still had to convince somebody who was of age to go in and get us liquor. So we had loaded up for this beforehand, and one of my friends had brought a joint along with him. He was one of my best friends, and we used to hang out together, just the two of us, and he really was the first guy that got me stoned. And we'd sit around his house, and we'd smoke and get stoned, and then um, fun things would begin to happen. Anyways, so after about an hour partying, one of the girls pointed out that there was a small valley and then another summit of rock that we could see. It wasn't as high as Castle Rock, but since we'd been drinking and smoking the weed, we all decided, or at least the guys decided, that we should hike over to this other smaller little rock, right? We were not smart enough to bring a flashlight this night, So we were relying on the full moon to light our way. But you could see pretty good with that moonlight. It really was very bright. There was a steep path that ran down the backside of Castle Rock, through this little valley, and back up to the next smaller mountain of rock. It took us about a half an hour to weave our way down through the terrain, and when we got to the top of that other summit... We weren't very impressed with the view from up there. From Castle Rock, you could see all around the town. It was really great. And at night, it was just sparkling with the moonlight. But this smaller little peak, eh, it was okay. It would be good if Castle Rock wasn't there, which was bigger. It was what it was. It wasn't very impressive. Just as we were thinking about heading back down through that valley and then back up over onto Castle Rock, we noticed and we heard another group of kids now over on the summit of Castle Rock where we had been partying. And because we were just going to come over to this smaller little rock for a short time, we left the remainder of our booze there on the summit of Castle Rock. Since we knew that we would be going back because that was the way back to my car. And, you know, shit, we knew there weren't any other people around. Well, real smart, you know. Obviously, other kids had the exact same idea that I did. Within a few minutes, we heard the other kids over on Castle Rock hooting and hollering with excitement when they discovered our booze. These kids had flashlights, much smarter than us, and as they started drinking, they started shining the flashlights around, lighting up the surrounding areas. When one of them heard us on this other rock, they pointed the flashlights toward us and were able to see that there were other kids hanging out in the area. And then, to our horror, we saw the group beginning to descend down the backside of Castle Rock and starting to go through this little valley. Their flashlights were flickering between the trees as they came toward us. One of the girls that we were with got really nervous and asked me what we should do. As the other kids began to get closer, 
we could hear a few words and they were saying things like, let's get them. <laughs> Shit. What were we going to do? I mean, I, this girl asked me, what, we, what should we do? I don't fucking know what we should do. Oh, my God. So my friends were looking to me to figure out what to do, basically to save them. And I felt I really should step up because everyone was there because of my suggestion. And I put them all in this situation. So I came up with a plan. There was what looked like another way down off the smaller hill that we're on. Although I had no idea where it would lead to. And it was getting darker because the moon was starting to go in and out of clouds. This made the path really dark, but I didn't have any idea where it would lead, but I figured maybe that was the best option. I, I didn't know what to do. Now, an important note here is that my friends and I were outcasts from the general troublemaking kids. We were all basically the kids that had been bullied. Each of us had been bullied before, and seeing their flashlights bobbing down the backside of Castle Rock coming towards us with the rowdy noises they were making really kind of terrified us, especially the girls. So I said, okay, let's do this other path. So I led us down this very dark side path. It was good in some ways that we did not have flashlights because there was no lights for the group of kids to follow us with. It was bad, of course, because we couldn't see more than like a foot in front of us. And I was leading the group. So they knew if we encountered any problems, I would be the lucky one to run into it first. One of the guys in the group was Jerry DiCarlo, my best friend in high school. I talked about him in one of the videos on an older Gay Guy Show YouTube channel, talking about how he had my Emmy Award. In reality, of course, he earned it himself. He's quite the famous hair and makeup guy in Hollywood now. But I joke how he has my Emmy because I'm really just so jealous of his amazing success. I've talked about my ever so brief attempt to be an actor, singer, dancer, whatever, in Hollywood. It used to be an episode on this show. It was called Don't Piss on My Hollywood Star of Fame. But I moved it over to the Joey After Dark podcast. So if you are also a listener of that show, you can find that little story there. But with my friend Jerry, I mean, none of us could ever have guessed that that was going to be the future for him. And I joke that I'm so jealous, but really, truly good for him. He is a sweetheart, and he won the Emmy Award for creating a hairstyle on the character of Mrs. Maisel on that show, The Amazing Mrs. Maisel. Anyways, love him to death, and I'm really happy for his success. And he was behind me with my other best friend, who was the dude that brought the joint, and they were helping out the other guys and the girls who were really quite scared at this point. And I will freely admit, so was I, both because of the people following us and the fact I was leading us down into darkness. At one point, in literal total darkness, I felt my feet shift on an unsteady part of the path, and I froze, 
just as a couple of smaller rocks, but, you know, decent-sized rocks, fell off into the darkness, obviously down over like a bit of a cliff or something. And up to this point, we were only whispering if we had to. But my friend Jerry whispered behind me once he heard the rocks falling, Joey, are you okay? Are you there? And I replied, yeah, I'm good. I'm here. That that exchange became like a running funny joke between the two of us for quite some time after that. If we were at a party at his house and some of us were down in his basement and he was, say, upstairs with a group partying in the upstairs part of the house, he might call down in a hushed voice down into the basement, Joey, you there? You okay? (laughs) And I'd always respond in a loud whisper, yeah, I'm good. I'm here. (laughs) I love that. I hope he remembers that. I've recently got his phone number in Hollywood. I've been, I don't know, I've been putting off giving him a call just because it's been quite a while. Last time I talked to him was 2005. But when I do contact him, I I want to ask him if he remembers that. So at this point, I had no idea how far down that cliff went. And I had no idea how we would all get down it. Again, especially the girls. One of the girls behind me said a bit loudly, They're coming. I see them. They're catching up to us. (laughs) So I started to panic and I turned slightly to the right and hoped that that was a better way down than if we went over the cliff edge. It was pretty rough going down that second way that I turned, but it was the best way to get down. And we just kind of picked our way very slowly down as it dropped down more down kind of towards the valley. It was rough going. And we'd get a bit of light as the moonlight came out for a minute or so. So that helped, you know, that helped. We'd managed to get down into the valley and the moon lit up the area that was where the cliff was. And it was a good like 25 foot drop. So I counted my blessings that I didn't lead us off that cliff. (laughs) Again, this is why this was such a bad idea. The terrain we're walking along was actually getting harder. And someone behind me complained that they were having a tough time and that they were really scared. And we could hear voices somewhere behind us. But I had no way of judging how close they were to us or even what direction the voices were coming from. So suddenly the ground began to change. It was getting wet. The water began to soak into my sneakers and went up kind of to my ankles. Everyone behind me was complaining that their feet were getting wet. So I whispered that we were okay. We were going in the right direction towards the car. Although, in hindsight, in reality, I had no fucking idea really where we were. The water was getting deeper and the mud was squishing under my feet. One of the girls at this point started crying. So I kept whispering that, we'll be okay, don't worry, everything's fine. I, I have this under control. So another one of my friends said, They're coming. I see them. 
<laughs> they're coming right behind us. So I had Jerry start to lead the group and I gave him my car keys and I dropped back. So I was the last one in our little group as we were going along. I figured if they were going to catch up to us, I better be the one that they encounter, which would give my friends a chance to get away and somehow hopefully get to the car. And then Jerry, who was one year younger than me, he had his learner's permit, but he he hadn't really driven. I figured he could at least get everybody out of there. So I'll be honest and say I was really, really scared to do this confrontation, but I was more scared about my friends than I was about myself. So I actually found myself getting angry and I had had just about enough of all of this. So suddenly, to the side of me, I saw one of the kids standing there with his arms raised up and looked really scary. (laughs) In the darkness, he looked big. He looked really scary, and he was slowly coming towards me. Now, in reality, as I discovered, I was the one that was actually moving, but I, I didn't realize that at first. I was moving a little bit towards him. And I was really pissed off and I was going to stand up to him and his friends no matter what happened to me. And that's like just so not the way that I had been. You know, I had always been a small guy. And once I entered high school, I started lifting weights and, and getting a little bit bigger and having a little bit more confidence. So I stopped And my friends in front of me that were traveling stopped also, and they turned my way. And one of the girls was like, be careful. And I said, I'll be okay. (laughs) I'll be okay. Don't worry about me. And I took one big step forward. And I called out very loudly like, okay, that's enough. No more. Who are you? What do you want? And the guy was silent. And I repeated, what do you want? (laughs) I have no idea why I was being so fucking dominant, but I was. And suddenly the clouds parted a bit and the moonlight flooded down onto us. And there stood the menacing guy, a big dead tree. After all of this was over, I kept thinking about this episode of Lost in Space back in the 60s when uh, Will and the robot and Dr. Smith were going through like a bog and Dr. Smith was convinced that there was this big monster that also turned out to be like a dead tree. And just about the same time as I discovered my enemy was just a big old dead tree, we heard the kids' voices from far away, and I could just make out that they were far away and that they were still actually on the little rock hill that they had traveled over to where we had been. They were actually never after us. I'm not even sure that they knew we were around anymore. They probably thought we left. And my friend joked to me... (laughs) Our hero. (laughs) 
And everybody laughed, even though they were like very emotional, having been scared for so long. And we were wet. So I just looked at him and went, bite me. (laughs) So pushing forward, our little group continued. And it was only about two minutes or so before we heard the sounds of the road. And we came out of the woods exactly where my car was parked. We were muddy and we were wet. But oh, we were ever so thankful that that little adventure was over. So we piled into my car and sped off, and I spent the next day trying to get all the dried mud out of my car from everybody's feet and pants and everything. But the odd thing was, after this ridiculous adventure, I really got like a new sense of self-esteem, of confidence, Because even though my enemy ended up being a dead tree, I knew I could handle myself in situations. I knew I'd stay calm and collected, and I wouldn't shy away from a confrontation if that happened. And that new sense of self ended up helping both me and others in future experiences. Well, anyway, that was another little story time, and I'll be doing these periodically, and I hope you get a little chuckle out of them. (laughs) One of the things I do like to show you is don't do this. (laughs) You know, there are other podcasts about you should do this to better your life, and you should do this to feel better. And my show is usually just a bunch of don't do this. I did this. Don't do this. Anyways, I'll be back very soon. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. I love you all. Bye for now.